Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The Action Network Podcast. Uh, playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Ready? Ready. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Playoffs Divisional Round Betting Preview, where we will talk about our favorite totals, teasers, underdogs, and of course, crack open our weekly six-pack of bets with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky Stuck. What is good? What's going on, brother? My, the highlight of the weekend is I had a Gesicki. I won prop I bet. My first NFL prop of the year was Gesicki touchdown. Uh, just for some <laughs> shits in that game and that should hit. Which made up for a lot of heartbreak. The Ravens should have won. And to lose in that fashion was <laughs> absolutely brutal. But our ball on the road in the playoffs comes through again. And then I had the Chargers money line. And they became the first uh, team in NFL history to lose with a uh, in the playoffs with a negative five turnover margin. No one's ever, ever done it with a negative four. And blew a 27 nothing lead. And then I was sitting there happy I have the money line. And then Bosa, you know, throws a tantrum and you get the two. And then I knew I knew it was pretty much over. But then the Chargers turned into the Chargers again. And uh, we're on to the divisional round. And I, in my opinion, this is the best weekend of uh, the NFL season. Yeah, man. It was uh, it was quite an interesting uh, round one. A lot of overs hit, too, which was which was interesting. I don't, do you have any thoughts on that, really, before we, uh, we jump in? Because I know, you know, we talked about for the season – there were so many backup quarterbacks, and then you had a couple of the normally reliable, uh, you know, future Hall of Fame quarterbacks not playing as well. Uh, but it seemed like we get into the playoffs, uh, and the points were just piling up. Do you think that's just due to simply the kind of the better quality of, of teams, and you know, the books were maybe using some of the league averages from the entire regular season, or, or do you think it had it was kind of more uh, unique to just last week? Yeah, I mean, there was probably some a little bit of correction coming, you know. In the Jaguars Chargers game, I actually had the under there with you, and I would I would play that again. I mean, there was, I, I mean, in the first half there was like 250 total yards and 40 points or something. There was just short fields and fluke turnovers and muff punts, so, and then you know you get in a game state where one team's trying to come back crazily. So there could be something to that for what it's worth, and I think that we just we just did our draft for our six pack which will guide this episode a few minutes ago. And we interestingly have no totals. So yeah, I, I would be a little, I, I would maybe be a little hesitant of uh, the unders historically for what it's worth. This has been a, it's been a dog round. Wild card is usually a favorite round. This has historically been a dog round. So we'll see how it plays out, but excited to get into these games. And I hear a lot of people always say the ones, I hear people say the one seed, like the one, oh, the one seed is such an advantage because of the buy. Not really has hasn't played out that way. Number one seeds are 
13, 25, and 1 against the spread over the past 20 years in uh, this round. When favored by less than 10 points, 8, 22, and 1 against the spread, 26.7%. I'm sure we're going to get into all of that, but yeah, it's historically been a dog round. We'll see if that plays out again. You know, it's hard to distill ref trends, but with the four refs here, we have four, generally speaking, I consider them slightly biased ref road refs and for different reasons. So Vinovich is the GOAT. He never calls any penalties and he's doing 49ers Cowboys and he just calls no penalties ever. So part of home field a little bit, especially the playoffs is like you might get a call or two, right? Just because of the home crowd. He calls no penalties. Uh, home, I think he was the most successful home uh, road against the spread ref, whatever it's right. Small sample sizes. The other three officials, I hate. I hate them. Well, at least we don't have Boger, but we have uh, Cleet, Sean Hockley, who loves being the villain. So road teams, road dogs, I, you know, he's doing Jacksonville, Kansas City. And Sheffer's the same way. They love being the villain and getting booed and making calls on the home team. Just generally speaking, I mean, this doesn't happen every week. Uh, and he's doing uh, Bengals bills. So it should be an interesting official weekend because you have Bill Bennett who calls none. And then you have these other three refs who are known as very flag happy. So we'll see if the NFL told them to stuff it this weekend, but something to keep your eye on. Too bad you're not on convince me because uh, Chad, Chad loves those rough trends. So uh... shout out Chad. Chad, I, 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 if you don't mention Sean Hockley and his villain on the favorites, I'm going to be very upset. I know you didn't listen. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the division round six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. All right, another sweep for me. So 78-55, first pick is me. I'm going to start out with a prop. Uh, for this uh, this week, and I'm going Devin Singletary under 43 and a half rushing yards. It doesn't so much have to do with the game script in that I, I think Buffalo is going to lose this game or anything like that. Although it be a close game, I, I know you have something on this on this coming up. But uh, really, what I'm looking at with with the prop like this, especially you know we record this on Wednesday, uh, is you know this line is opening as if Devin Singletary. Uh, is still going to be the lead back on running downs. And that hasn't been the case now for the last two weeks. And you look at James Cook, and James Cook took a back seat to Singletary in the passing game last week. Naeem Hines also factored in. But uh, on rundowns, uh, Singletary's been outcarried 9-7 to in the game against New England to close the season – and then last week he was out carried 12 to 10. And this Cincinnati run defense also has been very good with uh with DJ Reader back in the lineup, you know. So he missed kind of half a season, but they're number 11 in DVOA overall uh for the season with Reader, whether Reader's in or out, but with Reader in, their yards per carry is about a half yard lower allowed game so I think there are a lot of things that kind of point to Singletary not really playing a massive role on the ground here uh, against the Cincinnati Bengal team I think the Bills are going to to have to throw the ball and want to throw the ball against this team and when they're not they're using uh, the more explosive cook uh, when they're handing it off and they're letting Singletary uh, play up more of the pass downs you know he's obviously a reliable pass blocker 
uh, and whatnot. And it is the playoffs. And, and that was something that Cook had struggled with uh, to, to kind of, you know, in his rookie year. So uh, going with Singletary under 43 and a half rushing, I have this under 40 uh, for an average. So the median uh, for me here is about you know, in the mid thirties uh, in terms of his rushing yards. So I just think that this is another one kind of similar to the mix of one last week where we talked about, you know, it wasn't necessarily anything to do with the game script as a whole. Uh, I just think the number uh, is too high here. All right, well, I'll build on that. So for my first pick of the divisional weekend six-pack, I'm going with the Buffalo Bills minus five and a half at home against Cincinnati Bengals. If you got, you know, if you were able to get under four, great. If you were to buy through that scrappy, now you're in kind of a oh, sorry. you're kind of in a dead range now. So uh, I would advise hitting it. I don't think it's coming back down to below four. Maybe it goes up to six. A lot of sharp money on the Bills here. I know the Bengals are 20 and five against the spread of their past 25. They haven't, they've gone 21 straight games with Jamar Chase and line without losing by more than a field goal. I think that changes this weekend. I think the biggest difference, let's go, let's go, you know, unit by unit. Um, and, and by the way, this Bengals team, you know, they, they've covered a lot of games. Some of them have been fluky. Go back to the Patriots game, the Bucks game. Um, you know, they haven't covered the past two weeks against Ravens backups who went up and down the field against them. Cause I think that ultimately this defense is overrated. Uh, if you look at, who they're the quarterbacks that they face this year, it's absolutely a joke. I mean, just look in their division. Faced Mitch Bortles, Kenny Pickett, Anthony uh Brown, uh Tyler Huntley in the playoffs. You faced uh Jacoby Brissett, who you got crushed by, and then a rusty Deshaun Watson. That's your division quarterbacks. How about Joe Flacco, Cooper Rush, Teddy Bridgewater after Tua got hurt, Andy Dalton, PJ Walker? I mean, come on, nine of their 18 games are against quarterbacks that didn't either start or finish the year as their team's starting quarterback. So I think that this defense, and if you look at a lot of the high-variance stats, you know, turnovers, red zone, third down, I think they've been running a bit lucky. Uh, I mean, and you hear about the other adjustments in the second half. Good defensive coordinator, but let's slow the brakes a little bit. Uh, a lot of it's on the quarterbacks that they faced. And we just saw Tyler Huntley, and the Ravens' impoverished receiver group answer with 80-yard touchdown drives whenever they needed to last week in Cincinnati on the road. So I think this defense is a bit underrated, much bigger test now in Buffalo. But let's go to the offensive side of the ball. We know Burrow's great. We know the receivers are great. Who's blocking for them? They're now down three starting offensive linemen. It is a bad situation. They could not do a thing in that second half. They couldn't do any five-step dropbacks. And now you're playing a team that can get more pressure naturally than the Ravens. You don't want to blitz, Barrow. Well, the good thing is the Bills can get pressure and they don't have to blitz. And if you look at who this offensive line is projected to be, Jackson Carmen, Volson, Ted Karras, who's good center, that's it. Max Sharping and uh, at energy at right tackle. I mean, I, I was – last week, one of the reasons I love the Ravens is because Kappa was out and it showed all game. Uh, he was – you know, in for 725 passing plays during the regular season, uh, 13th most of any offensive lineman gave up the second fewest pressures of any offensive lineman that played more than 600 snaps. Now you're down, you know, then you lose Jonah Williams, and then you already lost Lyle Collins. Like, it's it's a bad situation. You are back to before square one. When this was your problem, the offensive line, you went out to address it, you did, and unfortunately, there's injuries here. I think that's going to be the difference in this game is Burrow's going to get sacked. Um, he's not going to have time to go downfield and, you know, take advantage of, you know, some, there's some vulnerability still in this Buffalo secondary because it's not 
all the way fully healthy and they've had to deal with some injuries. So, and then let's go to this, you know, obviously home field, and then let's go to special teams where Bills arguably have the best special teams in the NFL this year and the Bengals were middling at best. Um, so, yeah, all three phases. I think the Bills have the advantage here. I agree with this sharp money that's coming in on Buffalo. It's gone from three and a half to five and a half. It's not the most, the wildest move. It's not like one and a half to four and a half or something crossing the three. But I think ultimately Buffalo wins this game by at least a touchdown. The Bengals defense is overrated for the quarterbacks that they faced. The Bills also, their offense has been really unlucky with turnovers. If you look from an EPA perspective, Allen's got to you know clean some of that stuff up with the fumbles and some of the turnovers have been a little fluky. On the other side, since he's been lucky in that department, and yeah, the offensive line injuries here on the road, especially, I think that's ultimately the difference. Give me Buffalo here, laying the number. Yeah, you know, I I I was on Buffalo in that first matchup on the road. Uh, so and you know, Buffalo was kind of the one team when I looked at it. Uh, I said, okay, like this Buffalo team has an advantage over Cincinnati. Uh, just because I felt like, you know, a lot of people would look at Cincinnati and how they played the Chiefs, you know, kind of considered the class of the AFC uh, aside from the Bills. But I, I think the the difference is the Chiefs don't have an offense, an offense and a defense that are, you know, top five, top six uh, in the league, and the Bills do. And so I, I do think this Bengal team uh, is going to be kind of in for a, a – They also had offensive step. linemen before that game. Yeah, by the way. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's obviously going to be an issue and that, you know, you don't get that long uh, return uh, against the, you know, from from Hubbard there. And that could be a completely different game. Uh, so now it could, I mean, could be a game was over. <laughs> the Bengals offense wasn't doing anything the entire <laughs> second half. Score a touchdown. Now that game is lights out. Ravens are moving on. They probably lose. They lose this week. But uh, we would bet them again and cover again with the Road Ravens. But at least they got the cover. I I thought after that was going to happen, they weren't even going to cover. And I was like, this would be the worst way to not cover over a touchdown I think I can ever imagine in the playoffs. But I think the Bengals are going down there. They they did one five-step drop back the entire second half. They did, I think, like six in the first half. Got sacked on, I think, three of them. He had no time, which takes away your biggest strength, which is your outside receivers. I think this is going to be really tough for Cincy, and it's it's a shame because that that offensive line was the one thing they tried to address. Sometimes injuries happen. Trust me, I'm a fucking Ravens fan. Happened to us the last two years. I get it. <laughs> and our producer will be actually happy now that I picked the Bills. So play the Buffalo uh, fight song here, and let's circle the wagons. All right, for my second pick and the third overall of the divisional round six-pack, I'm going with Saquon Barkley over 22.5 receiving yards at FanDuel, the official sponsor of the Action Network podcast. And the reason I'm going over with Barkley here is twofold. Number one, you have the Giants matching up now. Instead of going against a Vikings defense that – is a sieve a pr- a pretty much all over the field. I mean, Daniel Jones probably played a perfect game outside of, uh, you know, a couple of plays on that last drive and in in one sack, which, you know, I, I don't even know if it was his fault. It was like a, more like a coverage sack to me. But uh, now you face this Philadelphia Eagles defense. They're going to be ready for the Giants. And 
what do the Eagles have that the Vikings don't have excellent cornerbacks on the outside? So Isaiah Hodgins, great game against the Vikings. Don't think that'll be there the same way against Slay and Bradbury. Darius Slayton, great game against the Vikings. Don't think that'll be there uh, the same. Now, the Giants have played a little more of two tight end sets uh, against that Vikings game. I don't know if that continues a, a ton here, but... Uh, you think that... they also might be able to take advantage of the slot? Because it doesn't look like Maddox is going to play. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, they, they they played more two tight end. So that the only thing that kind of, you know, gets me off a guy like maybe Richie James and, you know, maybe later in the week, I'll, I'll have more of a, a definitive uh, view on this. But right now, I have to be a little more conservative with James because... He dropped to a 68% route participation, 66%, excuse me, route participation rate last week where Lawrence Cager, uh, the number two tight end, really the number four tight end, but number two pass catching tight end, came out of nowhere uh, to play on 30% of the dropbacks. Now, does that continue? Is that a, a game plan specific thing? I don't know, but that's the only reason why I think early in the week, you don't want to just hammer it over when you don't have, when you don't have that kind of, uns- when you have that kind of uncertainty. So, uh, you know, check back later in the week, check the action network app. Maybe I'll have something on, on James as well, but uh, I do think uh, what you could see here is uh, more dump offs to Saquon Barkley and Saquon Barkley in that first game in the only game he played against Philly because he, he sat out the second one, but he played uh, in the first one. He was banged up, but he had 20 yards on just seven routes run. He was targeted uh, on 28 on 29% of his routes in that game. And he played, he ran a route on 95% of the dropbacks last week for the Giants so this is the playoffs now Barkley is essentially running around in every play uh, sometimes they're even using two backs on the field at the same time uh, if they do that I think Matt Breida will be the one to block because you really want to get Barkley out in a route uh, on every single play if you're the New York Giants and this in this game I think that's going to be paramount and Barkley 56 yards on six targets in the game against Minnesota so I think you can kind of see that he, he's kind of stepped it up. And this kind of is a little more game script proof than looking at his rushing. You know, even though the Eagles have been, that's kind of been their, uh, their weakness compared to, you know, they're obviously much better against the pass. But, you know, last week we saw Barkley, nine carries, six targets uh, in a game where the Giants, you know, weren't really down uh, by any significant margin all game. So uh, I think that kind of continues this week. I think Barkley is going to be a major factor uh, in the pass game for the G-men. So give me Saquon over 22 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, but Eagles run though has been a lot better with Jordan Davis yeah. uh, in the lineup. And yeah, interesting game. I don't, I don't mind that prop at all. Interesting game from a spread perspective. Uh, for what it's worth, I mean, the Eagles will be the 21st. You'll hear it's hard to beat a team three times. It's a fart noise. But Eagles will be the 21st team in the wild card era since 1990 uh, to face an opponent a third time after a straight up sweep. In the regular season, those teams are 13 and seven straight up, 10, nine, and one against the spread. No real angle, the angle there. The Giants, they just find ways to cover on the road. We've been over this a million times. As a road dog, Daniel Jones has been amazing. I mean, he's 27 and 15 against the spread. A road dog under nine points has been almost automatic. The Giants, as a underdog, over the, <laughs> they were 11 and two against the spread this year. That's the best underdog against the spread mark over the past 20 years. Dable, who's been amazing, and he's just – look, I mean, Daniel Jones isn't reinventing – like, he's not throwing it deep. He's like 40th in big-time throw rate, 40th in average depth of target. But it's all Dable, the play calling, and and Daniel Jones isn't making the mistakes and is making all the throws, and the offense is amazing. And Dable's also 4-0 against the spread when facing a team at the second time this year, including last week against Minnesota. It speaks to that great coaching staff. But in a way, I feel like 
the Phillies just being a little bit disrespected here for what they did all year. I mean, this is a team that didn't lose all season with Hertz and Davis in the lineup at when they were both in the game. This is a team that beat the Giants by almost 30, and it's just a bad matchup for the Giants' defense. I mean, the Giants' defense is bad. We got to remember that. I know Dory Jackson is back, and they're getting pressure, um, and their front seven, and Thibodeau's playing better, and Martindale can dial up some pressure, but their run D's really bad. Their linebackers are awful, and the Giants' defense is so much better when they can play dime, which the Eagles aren't going to let them because they'll just run it right down their throats the entire game, which Miles Sanders did in the first meeting. And then all of a sudden you're throwing, you know, you could throw to the tight ends and then you can put their D ends in conflict with Hertz and the option game. So it's just hard for me to see how this Giants team is going to come up with stops other than you got to hold them to field goals. Um, and then you got to hope that Dable calls a really good game. I, I don't know. So it wouldn't shock me if the Giants, it's a divisional game, the Giants find a way to cover here. Um, for what it's worth, teams with over a 75% win percentage as favorites are 15 and 30 against the spread in the division round over the past 20 years, which obviously would fit the Eagles. So I don't have any play here. I would lean Eagles just because from a matchup perspective, they're also coming off of a bye, should be a little healthier. Lane Johnson, not enough people are talking about how important he is. So yeah, I think it's just a bad matchup for the Giants. I'm not sure they'll be able to keep up uh, if the Eagles jump out in front here. I'm not sure if you have any opinions on the, the game itself. I know you lean Giants. Yeah, you know, I lean Giants just because uh, I watch this team and they're just so well coached. Uh, now, I know the Eagles, you know, they had that they had a lot of success in that first game, uh, you know, against the Giants. And that's obviously an issue. But uh, this Giants team, I think, is a live dog. I, I may end up playing them. The line is still seven and a half. So I think it's still a good number. But, you know, this Giants team, they, they have they have a pass rush coming together. Now, you know, they're, they're playing against tight ends, really. That that worries me against a guy like Goddard, but you know they have a pass rush. They're well coached. They have a quarterback just like the one on the Eagles who can go off script, make things happen off script. So third matchup, um, divisional game. I, the Eagles do have a rest advantage and preparation advantage, but I do think the Giants are are, are not just you know live to cover, but a live dog to win the game. Uh, anyone they face in in these playoffs, so I'll pro- I I do lean Giants, but. At the same time, I kind of I get it with the Eagles. You know, it's they're they're kind of sitting pretty now. They they did what they had to do to secure that one seed. Um, so so you know, I don't I don't des- necessarily disagree with with people that are going to go the Eagles way, but I don't, I don't think seven and a half is a great number uh, to do that with the Eagles. I think you know if this starts going you know seven six and a half, uh, I think that's you know that's where you probably ideally you'd have you you want the Eagles at six uh, because again I just think this giant team is, is so pesky and we you know we saw you know getting the playoffs and, you know, weird things start happening. You know, we saw it in that Buffalo Miami game, you know, it's, you could be the better team and uh, the other team could just kind of hang around. We saw it for a half in the San Francisco game. Seattle kind of had a meltdown in in the second half, but I I look at those kind of games that you looked at Baltimore, you know, Baltimore third time playing them hung around, like you said, should have won that game. So uh, I'm not counting the giants out in seven and a half uh, is, is a lot of points. And as you mentioned, all the trends really, or most of the trends, uh, you know, as far as, you know, divisional round uh, support the the New York Giants, you know, you have the dogs, you know, opening a field goal to uh, 10 and a half, 63 percent uh, division around dog coming off a, a win of uh, uh, at least seven. They're 61 percent. So there, there's a lot of things kind of pointing to the G-men. So I would lean that way, but uh, haven't made a play yet. You know, here's what my gut is saying, though. It's like because I think the line is it's, it's pretty fair is that everyone has now started to disrespect the Eagles. The Giants, everyone's kind of 
you know, they're now they're everyone's darling. Ten win, they have ten wins now. Nine have come by one possession. Who do they beat? I mean, their schedule was so easy, and they won so many games by one possession. And now we see them beat the most fraudulent. I and mean, everyone knew they were a fraud, and then they showed themselves to be a fraud with the, with the Vikings. Yeah, are we going a little too far with the Giants and Dable love? Maybe, but um, all they do is cover in this in this spot. She's a seven and a half is a tough number, you know, to back a favorite. You know, it's kind of it's one of those numbers where if I really like the favorite seven and a half, I'd probably maybe buy the seven or, or stay away. So tease I think it. right yeah, now, te- Eagles are a good tease piece too. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, for my second pick and the fourth overall of the divisional round six-pack, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys plus three and a half at San Francisco 49ers. By the way, I make this line under three. I love what I saw from Dak Prescott. He needed that game. That game can propel him to the Cowboys going to the Super Bowl now. And I, I think they're going to carry that momentum over against the San Francisco defense that has shown cracks and they haven't played anybody all year. If you look at schedule adjusted who they've played, it's been a joke. I mean, just look at their division. Their secondary has shown cracks at time. I think Dallas can take advantage. I think Dallas's defense with the pressure that they can generate and the, you know, their new pieces on the back end starting to play a little better. Uh, they've adjusted to some of the offensive line issues but this is also just, okay, I need Brock Purdy to show it to me again. I mean, we saw we saw the Raiders. We saw the Seahawks for a half. This this 49ers back end of the defense, if you're a competent enough quarterback, and they haven't faced many, I think can make some plays here. And I, here's something I want to bounce uh, before I share a few other thoughts on this game. For the, fir- for the first time since 1997, we have three teams in the same division in this round in the NFC East. The NFC East is 30 30- and 16 against the spread in non-divisional games. That's the best division, obviously, against the spread mark for any division this year and the best for the NFC East in three decades. So are, are we underrating the entire NFC East as a whole for, I mean, when you look at it, like, okay, maybe Washington wasn't as bad as we thought. And, you know, we saw what Dallas just goes down and, and did to Tampa. Um, you know, the Giants go on the road and handle their business against Minnesota. The NFC East might just be underrated as a whole, but uh, I'll gladly take over a field goal here. I get that, you know, you have a short rest here and you're playing your fourth straight road game, um, which isn't great. And you're going across the country. I understand that. Um, but I, I just think that this, this Dallas defense and the pressure that they can generate can force Purdy into some mistakes here. I think that their offense can carry the momentum from last week against a defense 
you know, and this is what I look for in playoffs. Lines are really efficient. Is okay, what, what unit is either undervalued or overvalued? And I think in this case, it might be the San Francisco defense overall. We said they're just elite, and I think they're, you know, top three defense. But I think that there's more cracks there than we, including myself, have been leading on. Um, and it's just because of the schedule they face, the quarterbacks that they face, the game scripts that they're in. You know, they usually like it, it, they'll blow up in a game, and then it's really easy for that pass rush and the secondary. I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think Dallas is really live, um, and uh, I'll gladly take over a field goal here. It's all I wanted. I make this like – now, I haven't fully adjusted still from per, to Jimmy G to Purdy, so I'm at, I'm at like – these two teams are basically even. So I'm at like 1-9-2, right around two points adjust for the situation, short rest. Um, but, yeah, I love what I saw from Dallas last week, and um, I think that they can give San Francisco some trouble in a number of different areas. So give me the Cowboys plus – Three and a half. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, uh, I think Cowboys getting a hook uh, is the right side because, and, and I was skeptical about the Cowboys. You know, I had a good week, uh, you know, in in the playoffs for, for this first round. Uh, but my biggest misfire was taking the Bucks on Monday night, and you know, I I looked at the Cowboys and I just thought this this pass offense in particular not kind of not really playing well, and I thought the Bucks. A healthy Bucks defense uh, had enough there to kind of, to kind of slow them down. That obviously wasn't the case, you know. Never mind the Bucks offense and, and their struggles. But uh, you know, now San Francisco. I mean, the red flags are they, even as great as San Francisco's been, and they've been amazing. The red flags are they are facing a team like Dallas. Number yeah. one, you know, we've seen. First of all, you know, I, I'm kind of looking at the San Francisco defense, and you know, in some of my metrics, you know, you know, I know they're they're tops in a lot of. Uh, uh, metrics for the season they're, they're near the top of the league but you know down the stretch they they did have some, some weird things even with guys healthy you know I mean that that Raider game was was a little Stidham odd looks like Montana yeah and so so for the season you know some of my you know because I, I also schedule adjust you know th- their numbers and you know some of my half defense metrics for the Niners aren't aren't great you know they're 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 solid they're a little bit above average but they're not super elite and that worries me because now you're kind of back in Bucks territory you know, so uh, and it's not like the San Francisco 49ers, you know, they, they, they played the Saturday game. Cowboys played Monday. So uh, there's a little bit of a rest advantage there, but I, I don't think it's going to be massive here. So uh, it's not like the Niners have had a buy and they're preparing for, you know, two, three weeks or anything like that. And then on the other side, you're going to get Purdy against the most pressure he's seen all season, uh, most likely. So, you know, he, he had a pretty shaky half in the first round. And then he went ham in the second half, like made some of the best plays I've seen from a quarterback all year. So unreal. You know, but he's yeah. also playing against a horrendous, horrendous, horrendous defense. Right. And and that, but that's the thing. It's like he's obviously capable of doing uh, of doing great things. And you know, you're gonna need to make off script plays. You're gonna need to scramble uh, against this cowboy. But at the same time, it's just he just hasn't seen this kind of pressure, uh, this quality of pressure. All year. So I think the red flags are there. I think Dallas is always going to be in. They should be in games. I don't know what that was against Washington. You know, maybe they were just like, hey, you know, let's let's just get ready for for the Bucs. And that obviously worked, right? You know, they, they came out and hammered the Bucs from, from start to finish pretty much. So I, I look at that hook. I say Dallas is the right side. You get, you can get a four. I just played a four. There's a four out there, too. Okay. Uh, yeah. Three and a half at FanDuel right now. 
I just played a four. The fork popped up, so it looks like there was a little bit of San Fran money. I, I, I think this is a close game throughout. I think it's a field goal game. Uh, Summerall, Madden vibes, classic 90s nostalgia throwback game that goes right down to the wire, sort of like the game last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and, and if you want a couple other trends to add here, and by the way, Dak was amazing last week. He had 28.7 EPA, seventh most in a single playoff game since 1999. Um, but teams to win by double digits in the wild card round as underdogs, 63% over the past 30 years. So, you know, it signals that you can carry over that item. They don't get overvalued. Um, also, you can – dogs that take money generally, you don't want to get too carried away with this, but uh, underdogs that come down in the line – um in uh this round are 73 percent against the spread over the past 20 years and um teams that have won 10 or more games in a row so which the 49ers have in the division round or later one in 13 against the spread failing to cover by eight points per game and then the 49ers are we're in that perfect right they had 40 plus points 500 plus yards last week uh, in a playoff game, the week after you do that, no one's ever covered. 0-6 against the spread since 1970. Um, but I ultimately think you know, if those are more for fun. Um, I make this under a field goal, and I think this is a field goal game close throughout. Happily take the four with the Cowboys, who I have a sneaky suspicion they might win this game now after what I saw last week, but we shall see. All right, for my third and final pick, the fifth overall of the divisional round six-pack, I am going with Juju Smith-Schuster over 51 and a half receiving yards at FanDuel, the official sponsor of the Action Network NFL podcast. And I thought about the Jags for this game, and obviously uh, I I think they're the right side here. Uh, Chiefs just have trouble covering big numbers, but – I look at the matchup for Juju here, and I really think that this is a game where he clears his receiving yardage. So the Jaguars play the sixth most zone coverage in the league, and Smith-Schuster averages 2.2 yards per route against zone coverage. That is 12th in the league among 93 qualified wide receivers, according to PFF. And you look at, okay, well, the Jaguars line up Trey Herndon usually in the slot at a corner and you say, okay, well maybe they switch it up. Maybe they want to go with more man. Well, then you're going to have Herndon who is 100th of 120 qualified cornerbacks in PFF grade this year, just over 55 is his grade. And that's who you would have to put on Smith Schuster. Most of the time. I don't know if you're going to, you know, double vice or double Smith Schuster in any meaningful way, because you have to worry about Travis Kelsey first and foremost, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and Oh, Hey, the Jaguars finished number 32 dead last in DVOA against tight end. So I think that is going to be kind of the focus of the matchup. If anyone gets doubled, it's going to be Kelsey, not Juju. And that's only going to open more things up for Juju. Then you have the fact that for most of the season, Juju's kind of been, uh, They've kind of been holding him back a little bit. They have he hasn't really played a bunch of games where you know he's he's running a route, you know, 90% of the time or anything like that. He started to near the end of the year. And so I think, you know, in this game, you know, he had a stretch 
from week 14 to 16, where he ran a route on at least 86% of the dropbacks in each game. I think you're going to see him up there uh, more so than his season average, which is 77%. So, uh, you know, in the playoffs, you generally play your best players more. So that bumps him up a little bit as well. And you, you just factor all those different things in. And, and I think this is a great number for Juju here. And you look at his game logs and he had two games, one game where he got hurt and left after 38% of the snaps uh, with a concussion. And then he came back and his first game back, he only played 38% of the snaps. So uh, if you throw those two out, he's played 14 games or he's played pretty much the full game. And he's gone over 51 and seven to 14, but, and that's just 50, 50. But the thing is, you know, if it's a plus matchup and you think you kind of agree with me here, you you can you can feel confident betting this number even as it increases because in seven of his 14 games, he's gotten 74 yards or more. And then in the other seven in which he didn't, you know, go over the line of 51 and a half, he's gotten 46 or fewer. So there's a big kind of gap where it's either a juju game or it's not a juju game. Uh, and again, Zone coverage, probably after double Kelsey, bad slot corner if you do go to man coverage. All these things point, and the fact that it's the playoffs, increased snaps, all point to the fact that it is going to be a juju game. Uh, and that's where you usually see him, you know, catching at least five balls, getting at least 70, 70 yards uh, on the game. So I'm going Juju Smith-Schuster over 51 and a half receiving yards here against the Jags. And, and just by the way, Jaguars also much better run defense than pass defense. So we know the Chiefs love to throw the ball. Don't think they're going to come out super run heavy here. Even even if they get a a, a lead here, I, I don't think they're necessarily going to go, uh, you know, heavy run or anything like that. So I think Juju short passing game should be a way for them to, to move the ball regardless. So Juju over 51 and a half. Yeah, the interesting game in that uh, Andy Reid in Kansas City, by the way, unders, unders are 54, 38 and one when they're seven point favorites or higher. 31, 14 and one. We talk about that all the time. They kind of just get their lead and then they're not that great at covering these numbers. I mean, Mahomes at home under 500 against the spread. Mahomes over a field goal favorite under 500 against the spread. When he's on the road or a favorite of three or under or a dog, he's automatic. But they just struggle covering this number. Although it is interesting that they're coming off a bye, and Andy Reid, I think, is 21 and 13 against the spread off of a bye, looking to go to their fifth consecutive conference championship game. Uh, against the Jaguars team that just made a miraculous comeback. I think teams that were negative four or more in turnover differential were 0 and 85 straight up in the playoffs before last week. So they have a they have a buy rest advantage prep advantage for a team that's good off the buy at home, and they were minus ten um, at home against the Jags. I don't know a month two months ago when they you know they covered. There was some Jags missed some field goals, but I had the Jags plus ten in that game. The Jags recovered an onside kick. They won the turnover battle 3-0, and they still lost by ten. That's the first game that a team had a plus three turnover differential and lost by double digits since 2018. And only the fourth, it's only happened four times since 2010. So that's a little concerning because you look at this Jags, you know, I mentioned the total first. I kind of lean under, but I'm like, the Chiefs are going to come out and throw it a lot. But these aren't two explosive offenses. They're both familiar with each other. You both, you know, Peterson and Reed, they're both like horizontal offenses. They already faced each other earlier this year. You're going to see a lot of screens. You're going to see like, it's all like, let's get yak. And, but the Jaguars secondary could be in a lot of trouble here. And the Jaguars offense is obviously playing a lot better than it was at that time when they played Kansas city. They're also getting a lot more pressure. 
Steve Spagnuolo is going to have some interesting concepts on defense. Lawrence struggles with disguises, certain coverages. The Chargers had a great game plan. He was lost early in that game. It does take him some time to get going. I also think if the Chiefs get down in this game, fire on the Chiefs live. Uh, they, they'll Mahomes can go down the field whenever he wants to um, against this defense if it's if they're trailing. Kansas City got a lot of pressure up the middle in that first game. They sacked Lawrence five times, and I think four. Even and he gets the ball so quick, like two two point two nine seconds in that game. But they were getting a ton of pressure up the middle, which was really effective in that game. So we'll see. I think there's going to be a lot of screens to try and counteract that. And then there's going to be a lot of dump downs, which brings me to my uh, third play in the sixth overall of the divisional round six pack. I'm going to go with Travis Etienne over 17 and a half receiving yards. Um, He didn't go over this number last week, but I still think this is too low. Last week he played 64 out of 74 snaps. He was in the backfield for 58. He played in the slot. They put him in the slot five times. They even put him out wide once. He ran 40 routes on the 52 dropbacks. And um, so, he, but he only had one catch for 12 yards, but he's basically playing every snap. I, mean, I remember a couple of weeks ago, people were like, oh, he's getting his, his, his snaps shared with whoever. I forget his name. Um, but that's not happening now. Now it's the playoffs. Like, hasty, hasty, hasty. Hasty only ran eight routes. Uh, yeah, last game. So, yeah, it was about an 80 20 split in favor of ETN, which bodes well because it had kind of gotten down to close to 50, 50 uh, over the last few games of the regular season. Yeah. And now you're going up against the chiefs uh, defense that struggles against short passes that struggles covering running backs. And I think that this sets up for a lot of screens. And I think that you're even going to see him. uh, You're even going to see him. Like they put him in the slot five times and out wide once. I think you might see, again, six or seven total routes combined in the slot or maybe out wide here just to get him the ball in space. And then if you look at his season stats, when he wasn't even playing as many snaps as I think that he will in this game on a game-by-game basis, you know, he went over – he had at least 17 yards in 11 of 17 games. You remember the Baltimore game where he got hurt early. I had three for 28 against the Chiefs in the first meeting. Chiefs bottom five in the league covering run, running backs in the passing game. I expect them out there a ton. I expect them, you know, the game script, they should be trailing. I think that there's going to be some design plays for him, some screens and some dump downs. I think there's a really good chance he gets this on one catch at some point during the game. So, yeah, I really like Travis Etienne over 17 and a half yards. Yeah, so I'm actually pissed I didn't I didn't pick the ETN over because I'm looking at the ETN over and I have about, <laughs> about nine yards of value uh, on that one. I have him... Um, uh, at 26 because you know again you have to adjust for the amount of routes that I did a good I did a good prop yeah you did good you did good <laughs> <laughs> I will be betting that one uh very shortly after we get off the pod yeah I and I would I would look if I had to bet this game I'll go under for the total I think that Lawrence might is likely to make a couple mistakes now you hope that they don't lead to like short fields I think you know if that, that could just kill your under right away but if like he does it in the red zone Neither of these teams are really explosive. And like I think that the Chiefs are going to try to make him throw it on the sidelines where he's not as strong and to kind of take away these horizontal passes. I mean, easier said than done. The Chiefs aren't really good at that. But um, so, but it all it takes is these teams, you know, going to be, I think there's going to be longer drives. You get a turnover, a field goal here. It's, it's tough to get over a number like this in 52. Uh, there's a reason the Chiefs, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the Chiefs request for the uh, AFC championship game? That I did not. In the I, NFL? Did, I did not. So they, it was denied, but. Um, they request they put in a special request to the NFL saying that we want to play 
if they play the Bills um, in the AFC Championship game, they want to play uh, on grass, um, which <laughs> I think is which I think is smart because the Chiefs. This isn't Tyree Kill Chiefs. Um, they're not as explosive as the Bills, um, and the Bills on that. Do I'd rather if I was the Chiefs? I, there's now I, I don't think I'd go this far, but in a way, you might be better off playing in Buffalo <laughs> over over uh, Atlanta depending on the conditions. Obviously I would still choose Atlanta, but it's uh, there's a reason that they said, can we play on grass? Now they also play on grass, but that's more conducive to the bills. But I think that there'll be longer drives. There's not going to be a ton of like explosive passing plays. I feel like, I think it's just going to be a lot of like execution and down the field, take some time. And if you're not getting touchdowns on a consistent basis to cap off those drives, you're not going over 52. Yeah, that's true. It's, yeah, it's just unless like some team goes way up, like like last year. Yeah, week, yeah. That, that's, the, that's, that's the fear. The Jag and the Jaguars kind of do have those games. I mean, they've had quite a few of those games where it's just you know it, it kind of devolves into just a shootout because of that. Uh, so yeah, if the Jags go way up, this game is going way over. So yeah. like then you're so I I ultimately stayed away from the total, um, but it got up to fifty three. And I was like, man, I, that's a little too high, but um, I'm getting involved in no totals this week. All right. To recap, our divisional round six pack stuck is going with the Bills minus five and a half against the Bengals, the Cowboys plus three and a half at the 49ers and Travis Etienne over 17 and a half receiving yards. I'm going with Devin Singletary under 43 and a half rushing yards. Saquon Barkley over 22 and a half receiving yards and Juju Smith Schuster over 51 and a half receiving yards. Now it's time for the division round coaches pep talk. You are not losers. You don't suck. All right. This week's coaches pep talk comes to us courtesy of Dr. Ian Malcolm from the 1993 film Jurassic Park. John, the kind of control you're attempting is, uh, it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but life uh, finds a way. Who are we dedicating this one to, Stuck? Life always finds a way. Well, I'm tired of everything always finding a way for the Bengals. So we're dedicating to this, to the Buffalo Bills. Let's end these fumble shenanigans inside the 10. Stevenson with the Patriots, the fake punt for the Bucks, the Ravens dive at the one that falls right into the hands. It goes 100 yards. I'm tired of everything finding a way for the Bengals. So we're dedicating to this, to the Bills. It's time for that turnover luck to find a way for Buffalo. Let's circle the wagons. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly, it's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, and let's uh, close it out with our Moneywine Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. All right, Stuck, 0 for 2 last week for us. Where are we going for the division round? Yeah, I wouldn't go crazy on these lines. They're efficient. It's tough. Um, there's like four games to choose from. 
But I do think there's value in the sign. Obviously, I took them uh, as an underdog and loved what I saw last week. Now, I mean, now Dak, what's Dak's like a, a 55-year-old man now, if you look at the quarterbacks in these playoffs. He's already 29. That's the oldest by probably a wide margin. So quarterback experience, the pressure of Dallas defense, and that San Francisco secondary, which I think has holes that Dallas can attack. Let's go Cowboys here. Yeah, the NFC East, man. It's just all they do is cover. Yeah, and speaking of which, I'll go with the Giants plus 290 uh, against the Eagles. Again, I just think this Giant team, uh, they can find a way to win. They're going to need a couple of uh, of lucky breaks, but uh, I think they're going to be in it. I think their pass rush uh, is coming on. I think you know they're healthier on defense than they have been. There's familiarity there. I thought their defense played reasonably well in, in that final game of the season against the Eagles starters. So uh, give me the G-men plus. Key, key to that whole game is just first quarter. Like Giants with withstand the storm, the crowd, and then if you can do that, right? You're not, you're not, you, you don't want to be playing from behind against this Philly team and their their pressure. But if you can do that, all the pressure will shift uh, monumentally on the road, and then you can be the loose team in the second half, and then anything can happen. So you put that together, uh, plus one fifty four for the boys, and plus two ninety four the G men, and you get uh. You win eight ninety on a hundred dollar bet, so pretty juicy money line underdog parlay. All right, so that's gonna wrap it for the divisional round action network pod. As a quick reminder, of subscription to Action Pro is how you get the most out of Action's award winning app. And right now, Action is offering a pro subscription at forty percent off. This is only being offered during the NFL playoffs. So if you don't already have Pro, now is the best time to subscribe and unlock all the best features of the Action app. You can find Stucky on Twitter, at Stucky2. You can find me, at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com or the app for all of our betting content. Until next time... Get this money. Fuck the Bengals. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.